following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank the Lord for that. It is Friday, finally, around the Auburn Opelika area. Another beautiful day here on the plains, sunny and just a gorgeous day once again in Auburn Opelika. This is the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 1067. Back in the studio as he is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Uncle T-Bone, the man himself, is back in the studio. We've got a free-for-all Friday edition of the show. Man, happy Friday, Uncle T. Happy free-for-all Friday, Jacob, and everybody out there in Radio Land. We have made it to Friday afternoon. Just you know the drill. The Uncle T-Bone Directive. Walk in there, tell the boss man or lady you're done for the day. I'm going to take it to uh, to the car, and I'm going to take it to the house, and I'm going to turn on 106.7 and kick off the weekend Starting right here with us. Yes. At On the Line, the show that tells it like it is. And holds nothing back. And I fully plan on doing that today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. We got a lot to talk about. We got Auburn baseball, big weekend down in Jacksonville. Auburn basketball's back in action over in Athens. You'll be over there live uh, live from, from I-85, basically, just right outside Athens. Yeah. Uh, watching the Tigers. Hopefully, they get back on track. Had a lot of rest. I think it was a well-needed rest. Had basketball over uh, over this past week to talk about. The upsets continue. Yep. Uh, I, I attribute it more now than ever to NIL in the transfer portal. I was looking over Washington State, who took took down uh, Arizona last night. How about that? And that's a program that has several people that have transferred in from places like Sonoma State. And, uh, golly, there was one other small school that somebody had come from. It just slips my mind. I look it up, and I'm like, this is, this is how it works now. Yep. The best teams will always have the best talent out of high school that will supplement the transfer guys in, right, one or two a year as needed. Even in football, you're going to continue to see this, an emphasis on the Georgias of the world and high school recruiting and dominating there. But lesser teams – especially in basketball, can maybe go get that guy from Sonoma State, Jacob, who didn't quite have the grades coming out of high school and blew up for a couple of years down there, and everyone forgot about him. Now he's at Washington State. Now they're going to Arizona and winning basketball games. Yep, and that's exactly how it works. And, you know, that's where we are in college basketball. So lots to get to there, lots to talk about on that. Uh, you mentioned Auburn, Georgia tomorrow, Auburn baseball, so many things going on. More college football news, it seems like, where um, we're on the path to get to uh, a 64, 68, 159 team playoff, possibly. Is that I mean, what had you so fired up yesterday? I was one of them, yeah. I was, I was on one yesterday. I didn't quite get to hear, but I heard about it on the streets all around town. Jacob Goins on the line 
they were hitting me up. T-Bone, your man is upset with the NCAA. And I was like, what? They they screw Auburn over again? Oh, oh man. The NCAA had me on one yesterday. Just Well, it was that. It was that. But it's also because the NCAA banned... They banned giving recruits and decorating their beds, their hotel beds, when they come on official visits. You know how when they come in and they take pictures of it, it's got all the candy and the chips and the cookies and the posters and the shirts? Yeah, can't do that anymore. NCAA said, nah, nah. That top priority number one at, at HQ, can't give them a cookie cake anymore. Can hot chicks still be on the bed at some schools in Florida State? <laughs> anyway, so we got a lot to talk about today. And we want you to be a part of it. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind, we want to get you on the show for a free-for-all Friday. We've got some Bruce Pearl audio from his press conference yesterday that we'll play for you later on in the show as well. So it's going to be a busy day. And you mentioned it, Uncle T-Bone. The upset in basketball last night was Washington State over Arizona, a top-five team in the country. And yet again, another one goes down. Another one bites the dust. And here we are again, right? Auburn basketball is a ranked team on the road to an unranked team in conference play and have a chance to lose. But here's the thing. That game last night, that's a top 25 Washington State team. I bet most people didn't know that. No, they didn't. And that was also at Arizona. That was on the road. Now they're going into people's houses like Kentucky did us and Neville and just taking care of business. It's the Slenderman that's just walking through and taking prisoners (laughs) along the way. It's wild. It is. That was a really good game last night and really enjoyed watching that one. And I got to talk a lot about it yesterday, but you haven't had a full chance to just kind of break down what the week has looked like in college basketball, especially here in the SEC. Talked a lot about the... Florida breakdown against Alabama and LSU's game winner over L- or over Kentucky and you have all those games and then we got to get to the games coming up tomorrow. Yeah, there's just a tremendous amount to talk about. Jacob, I got to start first though before we get to Florida gagging it up against Alabama over in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday. Your Dayton Flyers. I know. Your Dayton Flyers going on the road Ugh. and losing to George Mason. They lost to a Who? university named after one of the founding fathers. <laughs> I mean, what in the world is going on in college basketball? It's broken, man. You had UConn get blasted this week at they Creighton. Did. Well, that's a good Creighton team, but sure they are. Yeah, I mean, it's just look at ranked. Here you go. Look at Wednesday. All right, look at Wednesday by itself in the top twenty-five. You had number 12, Illinois, go on the road to an unranked team. Lost. They were up by 10 late in that game, too. And they blew it. Worse than Florida did. Yes, they did. Number top top 25 Dayton team goes on the road to an unranked team in conference play. Lose. Kentucky, top 25 team on the road in conference play. Unranked team. Lose. Colorado State, top 25 team on the road in conference play and an unranked team. Lose. Sounds like a trend, doesn't it? It's more. This is the craziest I've ever seen it, Uncle Tebow. The craziest I've ever seen it. Upsets happen all the time. Road teams don't win a whole lot in college basketball. But right. this is more than it's ever been. I had a discussion with the pit master down there at Byron's earlier today, and we were talking about this. The Byron's pit master. a proud sponsor of On the Line, and we thank them very much. The barbecue there is fantastic. And... Uh, 
He pointed out something to me that these things are happening more and more as we get closer and closer to the tournament. And he thought, you know, the 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 question was asked, is it because these teams are really getting desperate and want to make some type of noise late just to try and get on the bubble or make sure they get into the tournament, these lesser teams? And I kind of pointed out, Jacob, and I want to get your thoughts on this, these upsets are at an all-time high. We think we know why. We'd have to really dig in. We'd, somebody would have to really dig into George Mason's roster and say they got a lot of guys from the transfer portal. Okay, They instantly got better than what they have been. And I think that has a lot to do with it. But these teams that are, that are bad, like Missouri right now, that, that took Tennessee to the wire – and should and could have beat them. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee's getting all the love in the world still. A little bit too much love for me, but still they're a heck of a good basketball team and a threat to win the national title. Okay, these lesser teams early on in conference play, like Missouri, were getting demolished. But as the year goes on, their ceilings higher. They get better. And just getting a little bit better makes them more competitive. A team like Tennessee, a team like Auburn, a team like Alabama, they were really good when conference play started. How much further can they go with their ceiling? So these lesser teams, of course, they're they're getting better. They've been coached all year. Yeah, It's finally beginning to take. They weren't very good when conference play started, but Missouri's a lot better uh, now than they were. And how much further and how much better can Auburn or Alabama get? Or Tennessee. That's not a bad. It's not a bad thought. It's not. It's not a bad thought. I think the the margin of growth is. I think you're right. Is less than for a team like Auburn or Kentucky or Alabama or Tennessee than it is for yeah the Missouris. Shoot the Arkansas's now of the world and yeah, and playing and, good ball. Yeah, and Vanderbilt. Right. Those teams. Yeah, their margin of growth is a lot bigger to start the year than it is for one of the top teams. But what I'll say to that is just because the margin of growth is not as large for a team like Auburn, a team like Auburn should still get better as the year goes on. They should still be improving. You know why? Because that's what championship level teams do. That's what championship programs and championship coaches do. They make their teams get better as the year goes on. You're supposed to get better from week one to week two, from week three to week four, from December to January, from February to March. You're supposed to constantly get better. And if you don't, that's a problem. If you go backwards, that's an even bigger problem. And I would like to ask and pose the question to our listeners, where do you put Auburn in that? If you had to take the pin and put it and put Auburn somewhere on that board, has Auburn gotten better since the start of the year? Have they stayed the same, or have they gotten worse? Because I think you can make an argument for all three. Oh, I really yeah. do. Yeah, that Auburn has been almost an outlier on what direction you see them going as the season goes on. Like some nights. They're way better than they were when conference play started. And they, they started conference play with a bang. Big win at Arkansas. I remember us talking about it and how nervous we were, were about that game. And then there's been some nights where they're like, like the other night against Kentucky, this team's backsliding. 
Or and then there's some nights where this is just pretty much what we expect from Auburn, a good solid win, and they, they took care of business. So, you know, they're sporadic. They're sporadic at best. You know, and that's something I think that in order for Auburn to make a run in the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to iron out. Absolutely. You can't be sporadic in no, the tournament. Because you could be great the first game in round one and then just go ice cold like they did against Miami a couple of years ago in round two and get totally bounced up out of the tournament. Exactly. Exactly. And that is what that's what scares me about this Auburn team. That's what is concerning because you can be sporadic in the regular season, but once you get to March, yeah. You've got to go on runs. You have to go on winning streaks. And the last streak that Auburn went on was through the non-conference schedule. And they started conference play, what was it, 5-0, and I believe. And then since then, they've had one winning streak in there, which was Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, and Alabama. So they've done it before, but you've got to do it again. You have two opportunities to do that. You have the SEC tournament where Auburn is as of right now, predicted to be a top four seed. They'll be a double bye, and they'll have a max of three games to play, the quarters, the semis, and the championship game on Sunday afternoon. And then you've got the NCAA tournament, where you have the round of 64, the round of 32, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and the National Championship. You have six games you have to win in a row to become a national champ. Do Auburn fans have the confidence in them to do that right now? I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't. don't either. I mean, not right now, but I'm not saying they can't do it either. And I think it's very important to be one of those top four in the SEC with the with the early buys. I really look at it. If you're one of those top four in the SEC, you're probably one of the top four in one of the regions in the NCAA tournament. And that's really where you need to be. That's a way better landing zone than being like seven and having to roll a 7-12 that first round. We all know what happens in those games. Well, here, well, you're, you're talking about the 5-12s and the 4-12s. The yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, me. the 5-12. No, and, you don't want to be there. And, Absolutely yeah, not. And the 7-10s. Yeah, the 7-10s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are, those are just – I mean, you're, you're, you're pulling your hair out watching those games. Well, and here's the thing, too. When you look at the NCAA tournament bracket, I want to be a three-seed and up. Duh, right? But when you look at it, look at the four and five-seeds. The four seed and the five seed are in the same group. So the four seed plays a 13 seed. The five seed plays a 12 seed. If you win, congratulations, there's a good chance the four plays the five in the second game of the tournament. Those are two solid teams. Those are two top 25 potential teams right there. Oh, no question. That you play in the second round. Now, you've got to beat the best to get to them and be the best, sure. But wouldn't you much rather be the two or three seed where you get to play the 15 or the 14 and then you can move on and not play as good of an opponent. I mean, that's how it all works, obviously. But yeah, man, Auburn, no matter what the path is, you've got to beat the team in front of you and you've got to do it six times in a row to become the national championship. There's no other sport like that. There's no other postseason like that where it's that many you're playing teams you've never seen before never even probably watched before until the week of the game and then it's all squeezed into a two and a half week window and the ncaa says good luck slides in my opinion one of the if not the best sporting events in all of sports 
the especially the first two weeks of the NCAA basketball tournament. It's just must-watch television. It's it's just on. It is. And, and with all of these things that we've been talking about, the sporadicness of and the craziness and the unpredictability of college basketball is going to make the tournament that much crazier. We said that last year, oh, yeah, and it was insane. Wild. It's going to yeah. be wild We're going to year. be sitting in here on that Friday, that first day, in studio, watching these games, watching the ticker, all bouncing around, giving live updates and going wild. Real quick before we go to break, Jacob, I'd like to give a big shout-out to whoever does the George Mason Athletic website. They did me a very, very solid, just to back up our point and put a bow on this, George Mason, if you didn't catch us early in the show, one of the teams that continues the trend of upsetting ranked teams on the road when they took down number 16, Dayton 71-67 to this week. They have 15 people listed on their basketball roster. Okay? And instead of me having to go through the full bio, this is why I'm thinking them. They listed where they played last year and not having to click and read through the whole paragraph about each player. Guess how many players on out of 15 were at a different school last year? On the George Mason roster? On George Mason. I don't know. Ten? Seven. Okay. Almost 50% transferred in. Right? And so they weren't quite as good earlier in the year, like we were saying, because they're all new, too, and they all got a jail. And the coach has to figure it out. Well, as the season goes, they start figuring it out. They got kids from Siena, Oklahoma State, UNLV, Liberty. Uh, let's see who else. East Tennessee State, Virginia Tech, UNC Wilmington. I mean, they're getting players from all over transferring in, and they're now starting to put it together as the season's getting closer and closer. Those are talented guys. I mean, one of these guys played at Oklahoma State. And those are the teams that are dangerous come March because they start gelling, they get hot, and they just go on a run. They make a run. It doesn't matter that they lost half their games in non-conference play. It doesn't matter that they, you know, were 600 in, in conference play. If they win that tournament, they get to the big tournament. And that's a team that probably not going to win at all. Probably won't make it to the Final Four, but that's an upset team right there. You better believe it. What if they fall in at a 12? hey And Auburn falls in at a 5? Mm, well, you saw who Auburn was slated to play as of the latest bracketology, didn't you? Hadn't Auburn seen was a 5 seed. Yeah, they were playing Appalachian State. Oh, God. We <laughs> talked about that the other day. They're not going to do that to us. Surely they're not going to do that. I was about to say, I thought you were here for that conversation. Hey, we got to get to our first break. We've blown by it. 334-321-1390. We're having fun. We'd love for you to have some fun with us as well. Give us a call here on the Free For All Friday edition of On The Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067, the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. He's Uncle T-Bot. I'm Jacob Goins with you here on a Friday afternoon. And you start looking around the country tomorrow, Uncle T-Bone, at what's going to be going on in college basketball. Top 25 matchups are everywhere. Uh, You've got... Number two, Houston, going on the road to number 11, Baylor, in the Big 12, which has become, I think, the best conference in college basketball. You also, that's at 11 a.m. right off the rip on CBS. You have... You have a couple of other ones as well. The big one tomorrow afternoon on CBS. Number 13, Alabama, on the road at number 17, Kentucky. And those are your top 25s, but... So many top 25 teams are in action, and as we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of of conference play. 
Yeah, Alabama's going to be a little shorthanded for that trip to Lexington. Have you seen that uh, the SEC has suspended Alabama uh uh, big man Muhammad Wagu suspended for an elbow strike against Florida. Jo- Good. Jog my memory here, but I'm sure the refs caught that and called a flagrant two in that game, right? For you that. would think so. You would think so. You would think, oh, wow, there's a straight-up people's elbow that was just thrown inside the lane, WWE Ric Flair style, and nope, nothing. That they just, was they a let it soup roll. bone that he threw down. You can check this out on Twitter or any kind of social media. I've watched it about a hundred times. I mean, jumped up and came with the atomic elbow bomb right on the back of the head of a Florida player. And I think they called a foul on Florida on that play. Yeah, that guy got called for the foul. I mean, come on, man. He also took a knee to the head. That was inadvertent. He, that was just the play going for the ball. But this homeboy, he said, uh, no. And he went, oh, there's my shot. Bam. And just dropped an elbow. It was crazy, man. It was unbelievable. And, and they I don't go ho- to the monitor. I guess not. And I, I mean, they like, go to the monitor for, for some kid throwing a popcorn kernel onto the court. And, you can't, and you're just going to throw soup bones up there in Tuscaloosa? I know. I know. Well, the SEC came out. It was the SEC who said that, right? They came out and, and put yeah, a suspension oh yeah. down. And and look, I figured that was going to happen, and it's good that it did. Um, you can't look. You can't have that in basketball, man. You can't have that. You can't have guys throwing shots and taking punches and swings. I mean, that's basically what it is. And for there not to be anything in the game was pretty ridiculous. But. The SEC did the right thing. He will be suspended uh, and will not be participating in the game tomorrow night between Alabama and Kentucky. And let me say this. If Alabama goes on the road and wins in Kentucky tomorrow, they've pretty much all but locked up the SEC, in my opinion. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, real quick back to this Wagyu guy. Isn't he the one that tried to stomp on uh, the hand of Janai Broom up there in Tuscaloosa as well when Auburn played earlier in the season and and, and just barely nicked him or missed, and then everybody tried to claim he wasn't trying to stomp on his hand, but he was. Auburn fans were were livid. They were irate for that. Rightfully so. I mean, it's just – Nate Oates is a heck of a good basketball coach, and you're right, if they win – tomorrow in Kentucky they, they're going to win the SEC and and roll into the tournament if they win the regular season SEC and they continue to play like they are they should be a two seed I don't know why Tennessee continues to get so much more love than they do Alabama's playing better than anybody just about not named Florida in the SEC and they just beat Florida at well, home well and Nate Oates is a heck of a coach but man he sure does have a lot of thugs in his program over I, the years I mean I I don't know I mean it's just it's just one of those things where you know, it. it's just you can't have that type of behavior is what it comes down to. And thankfully, we have an updated bracketology. We have an updated one this morning from Joe Lenardi and ESPN. Uh, you start looking at the teams that are on the bubble from the SEC. There's two of them that are on the bubble right now. Texas A&M is the last team in. I don't agree with that. And Ole Miss is the second team out. I do agree with that. But I have, there is no way you can have Texas A&M in right now i mean when they do these bracketologies are they i don't see how they project this are they projecting it for when it actually occurs or is it like as of right now they're they are projecting what the tournament committee would do if they sat out in the room today and and put it together you cannot put texas a&m right now with that terrible run they've on including a loss against vanderbilt they do not have the resume right now 
to get in. In fact, they shouldn't. I don't even know if they should be in the last four out discussion. And I'm a big A&M guy. I love some Buzz Williams. I think Wade Taylor the fourth is one of the better college basketball players, natural basketball players I've seen in years in this league. But I don't think they have any right, any leg to stand on right now. In fact, I think Ole Miss has a better resume than them, and I don't think Ole Miss resume is that great. No, it's not. I don't think it is either. And you were talking about Tennessee getting more respect and love than Alabama. They still are. Tennessee's a two seed. Alabama's a three seed. Auburn's a four seed. And guess who Auburn's still playing in the 413 oh, matchup now? Not just the 512 now. Now it's the 413 matchup. Square it off against Appalachian State. I hope they do because I think Auburn would destroy Appalachian State in a neutral site matchup in a rematch after playing them before. You think so? Oh, I, I have full confidence in the Tigers in that situation. Not to Jabba it up. Yeah, and if they were to win that game, they'd play the winner of Wisconsin and Richmond. I don't want to play Richmond. That's a team, I believe, that's beaten the Tigers before years and years ago in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Somebody fact-check me on that, but I think the Spiders got us back around 1988. Wow. Or so. <laughs> or, or so. Uh, you know, give or take uh, 20 years. We'll talk some more Auburn basketball, college basketball, and much, much more, plus some audio for Bruce Pearl's press conference yesterday. All that coming up on the Friday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. And we're going to talk some more Auburn basketball, begin looking at the game tomorrow against Georgia. And yesterday, Bruce Pearl had his press conference previewing the game tomorrow. Want to let you hear that, and then we'll talk about what he had to say and continue talking about that here in hour number one. Again, this is BP yesterday talking about Auburn and Georgia. All right, well technical difficulties so uh i guess we won't be listening to bruce pearl probably should have checked that during the break but that's okay that's all right i thought it it worked earlier worked just fine earlier but uh well i guess we can start talking about auburn and georgia uncle t-bone since uh that is tomorrow and auburn will be on the road evening game in athens a place that it's been okay to auburn over the years nothing too crazy uh i will be in attendance and for those of you that listen to the show you know that is not a good thing uh, my track record on the road is pretty pretty pitiful actually um it's pretty bad but i've never been to a basketball game in athens so i am excited to go over there this weekend uh jacob real quick i was correct about the richmond spiders that what is not 1988 it was 1984 the spiders took down the number five seeded auburn tigers in the tournament first round 72 71 a heartbreaker tigers got bounced that year so no richmond for uncle t we don't need history to repeat itself so you were kind of right yeah, that's better than you're kind of wrong, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Bruce Pearl had a lot of uh, interesting things to say. Of course, you didn't catch that, but hopefully we'll get that straightened out a little bit later. Uh, Jalen Williams will not play. I think everyone pretty much uh, realized that. But he will travel to Georgia. And according to uh, Coach Pearl, the injury did not do any major damage. That's good news. 
And uh, after Georgia, we will go from there game by game. Initially thought it could be 10 to 14 days, but we'll see. No need to rush him back. Mm -mm. No. I don't think that Auburn's got a chance at winning the SEC regular championship, a realistic chance, even if he was here. Now we'd have a better chance. But Alabama with a two-game lead now. I mean, look, I, don't don't rush him back. We're going to the tournament. Let's get him back and get him right for the SEC tournament see if we can't get hot. I'm with you. I, I'm with you on that. And I think most Auburn fans would probably agree with that. And, you know, you look at it, yeah, Auburn is two games back of Alabama. Even if Auburn wins and Alabama loses this weekend, you've still got ground to make up. And it's possible. I think Auburn's still in it. And I think that's still maybe their goal. But I don't know if – I just don't know if it's going to happen. And I'm with you where I think it needs to be, all right, Jalen, we're going we're gonna to take it easy with you. Let's ease you back in. Maybe get him going in the last game against Georgia or something at home in that final regular season game just to get him, you know, eight to ten minutes maybe and just kind of get him ready to go before they make that trip to Nashville. Something you spoke about in volume yesterday regarding Chaney Johnson – uh, according to Coach Pearl, he's doing extra work, coming in early in the morning, working on his shooting, staying late, working on his shooting. Everyone will have an opportunity, especially him, to replace Jalen. It will be by what Coach Pearl says, and I quote, committee. You know, and he does point out, Coach Pearl, and he's exactly right, you've pointed this out too, uh, at nauseum at sometimes because – you know, Jalen Williams is someone you like to talk about a lot, Jacob, but he's mm -hmm. that important to Auburn's basketball team. Tigers, have, Coach Pearl says it, we've won when Jalen has played well. So somebody's going to have to step up, and Chaney Johnson's going to get that look. But you spoke about this yesterday when I was listening in my car while I was uh, commuting back from work. What's we got to do some different rotations. This This whole by committee thing, to me, that's – kind of a dog whistle that I think we're about to change things up. I don't expect to see these quite as often in mass full rotations anymore. And as we get closer to tournament time and crunch time, especially in the NCAA tournament, I wonder how much more we're going to see, how much more we're going to see of the better players playing longer minutes. Well, I'm going to open this question up to you and our listeners. How would you change the rotation? What would you change about the rotation? Who would play more? Who would play less? Who would play more together? Who would play less together? What guys would you put at different positions? Because I think this is a unique opportunity for Auburn and Bruce Pearl to do that. Because, again, is the, re is the regular season championship still in play? Yes, technically. But there's a good chance that Auburn doesn't win that. And... Now, what you're playing for is the top four spot in the SEC, so you're a double buy in the tournament, and then you're trying to get the best seed that's line important. in the NCAA tournament. Exactly. Yep, that's, that's very important, and, and yes, it's in play, okay? And yes, it does matter, uh, although I think that most rival fans will downplay the regular season championship like we talked about yesterday, but I think it is important. I mean, look, it's a ring, man. It's a banner. But I also think the SEC tournament is just a little bit more prestigious. Proven, in fact, that Auburn's won five regular SEC championships, but only two tournament championships in the history of Auburn basketball. I mean, it is, it is rare for Auburn to win that tournament, and that's what makes it so special. So let's start 
digging into making a run in the NCAA tournament by putting a real emphasis on finishing in the top four in the SEC regular, that's very important, and making a run and taking home this SEC championship as a springboard into the NCAA tournament like it was in 2019. Well, I said this yesterday too. The SEC tournament has become more prestigious because – it carries more weight. It actually has something attached to it where the SEC regular season title has nothing. It's just, congratulations, moving on. And that's it. And that's why people forget about it so often. Because the tournament, as we all know, that is the one that gets you an automatic bid in the NCAA tournament. So, typically, your medium, middle ground, bottom tier teams try even harder because, yeah, you could have a two-win Vanderbilt team, if they get hot in a four-day span, they could go to the NCAA tournament because that makes sense, right? It's just dumb to me, but that's how it's set up. But I, yeah. I kind of like it, you know? I think it gives an incentive to teams especially fighting for their bubble lives, and I love seeing that dramatic-type basketball. I mean, really and truly, the NBA, and the only time I really watch it is later in the playoffs when it's win or die. I mean, you see some people playing some straight-up defense then. Whoa, whoa, chill out now. Calm down. Did you say defense and NBA? Hold on now. I know it's rare. It Very. But, you know, a team like Vanderbilt, what if they went in and won the NCAA tournament? I mean, they've become Americans' darling. Yeah. The Cinderella story, the Commodores. Shoot, that's more than a Cinderella story. That's yeah. the whole. That's a whole Disney story right there. That's... I believe one year that Georgia had a losing record and won the SEC tournament and got in the NCAA tournament. Oh, it's happened numerous times in in multiple conferences. I mean, you have it's it's not overly common, but like you have teams that make the NCAA tournament that are under five hundred. I mean, and. Oh, what were their what were the team names? I can't remember. But there's also that buffer with teams that move into Division One in the NCAA. They have like a two or three year buffer where they can't make it to postseason play. And so you've had non conference tournament champions go ahead of the tournament champions because of the buffer where you have to sit out a few years until you are eligible and stuff. It's so crazy. But yeah, there's been under 500 teams make the NCAA tournament numerous times. I'm always for some reason, I'm just a, a glutton for punishment, but I'm always pulling for those teams, and I like to get emotionally invested in them. Yeah? Like they're going to do some damage, and they have like a great first half yeah. of that first game, and I got them in my bracket. Yeah. And I'm like, here we go. Yeah. Uncle T has outsmarted the bracketologist again, and they just always come crashing <laughs> down. Hey, speaking of that, man, we're going to have to come up with something uh, something special, something fun, a whole bracket reveal show on here and, and have a whole day to do our bracket shows because that's going to be probably that Monday – after after selection Sunday, maybe that Monday or or uh, maybe that Wednesday before the tournament begins. You know, the the first four will be going on, but the first day of the NCAA tournament will be that Thursday, and uh, we will be not in studio just to give whoa, you a little whoa, insider whoa, whoa, information. Whoa, whoa. Hey, oh, un- unleash Uh-oh. that. Oh, sorry to John Q. Public, but you might want to pay attention beginning in March to some. Uh, special announcements a lot of fun things we're going to do for the ncaa tournament we're going to invite all of you out so just stay tuned on that and uh i'm telling you jacob i i I don't know if there's a better sporting event than the first weekend in the ncaa it's so great it's so much fun maybe the masters for me personally just because 
it's such a prestigious tournament. Oh, love it. I do too. But man, that first weekend of the NCAA tournament, I mean, I can remember as a kid, my parents allowing me to stay up a little bit later. Normally, it'd be like ten thirty when a tip off would start, and there'd be like three or four games going. Yep. And they just and and, and back then there was no uh, ticket at the bottom, and and you really they would bounce from game to game mm-hmm. but it'd be on the same channel and they give you a little glimpse of what was happening but if you knew it got a little bit later in the evening and they bounced to a game you better pay attention yeah. because someone was on upset alert mm-hmm. it's just so exciting it is it's a lot of fun and i can't wait for that to happen but we've gotten a little ahead of ourselves here because we were talking about this auburn team as they go on the road to georgia tomorrow and i opened up the question to you and to our listeners who may just now be tuning in, with Jalen Williams being out, Auburn is a different team. There's no doubt about it. They're a much different team. I mean, you're losing your go-to guy, and when he's on, Auburn wins. You, you have lost that guy for the next few games, and that includes tomorrow on the road to Georgia. So what would you change in the rotation? What would you change in the starting lineup? What, how would you change that? What would it look like if Uncle T-Bone or any of our listeners were head coach HC Bruce Pearl 2.0? How would you change it? Well, the immediate easy change is to just have Chaney Johnson in his spot, right, and kind of continue what you've been doing um, with your rotations, and they just don't have Jalen Williams involved in them but somebody's gonna have to back up Chaney Johnson if you're gonna do that I I still think you got to move with some different personnel that you haven't seen much of um right now in the regular season as you get ready for postseason play uh give some teams something to think about like occasionally this weekend do we need to see Cardwell and Broom on the court at the same time Mm -hmm. I've been calling that for all year that needs to happen um, especially against some bigger teams where Janai Brooms your only rebounding threat or, or your biggest rebounding threat. Um, you've seen him a couple of times just it, it, where he needed some – he needed some – I don't want to say an enforcer, right? I don't – because that's kind of what, like Muhammad Wagu is at Alabama. I'm talking about some beef down there that's going to take up some space and kind of open it up for Janai Broom. So you're going to have to see some different personnel, probably – Less rotation, playing players like Broom longer in the game. And uh, I think you got two options of some bigger, beefy rotation, including Cardwell and Broom at the same time. And I think you need to see a small package where you have multiple guards on Denver Jones, KD Johnson, Aiden Holloway, and Trey Donaldson all on the court at the same time. I know that sounds crazy, but running up and down, running down and up and down and up and down and firing threes away. I think there's a lot of options here, and I'm going to keep talking about this when we come back. We're also going to get to the phone lines when we come back, and you can be a part of that as well. 334-321-1390. Final segment in hour number one. Coming up, we'll wrap it up and get into hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the first hour here on the free-for-all Friday edition of On the Line. And we got a couple of minutes. Let's get to the phone lines here really quickly. 334-321-1390. Specter, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle T-Bone. Well, I guess I'll give you my dream team for the Georgia game. I, I would put Caldwell and, and Broom in there. 
and run three guards with them. I would put uh, uh, Jones, like uh, Donaldson, and Baker in there. Okay. And I'd and I, I'd have more and Katie Johnson ready to come in if, if one of the others messed up in any way. Yeah, yeah, that would give you uh, that give you Aiden and KD and uh, Chris coming off the bench for that Auburn team. Yeah, hmm. yeah that's what I do. And I'd give them an extended period of time too. I wouldn't let them go in there for about four or five minutes and take them out. Well, that's I'd something them, I'd that let, I. I'd let, I'd yeah. let them run until they were inefficient. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Specter. There's just been a couple of times this year. I, in particular in a game where Denver Jones heated up, hit two or three threes in a row, and they brought the rotation in. And, you know, I put it to everybody, like, if you're playing in a golf tournament and you got three or four guys on a team in a scramble and your number one putter is draining, you know, the first couple of putts on the first couple of holes, you're not going to switch up the rotation. If somebody's hot, leave them in. That's right. That's right. If they're not hot, take them out. Yeah. It, you'd think it'd be that. It's not that simple, but it's easy for us to say it is. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm with you too. There's somebody that needs to step up here the rest of this season. You have to. And and a a candidate in whatever situation they're going to roll with rotation wise and personnel wise for me is Kate is uh, Katie Johnson. Yeah. It's it's time for him to explode. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm with you about this Caldwell and Broom in there at the same time. I mean, I think we could really control the boards right right there. I think so. Yeah, I'd start them. I would, and that's what I was going to get to. Is I'd start, I'd start Dylan at the five and Janai at the four. Because the reason I say that is, look, most teams in college basketball don't have a true go-to backup center. Like most teams don't have that in college basketball. Auburn does right now with Dylan on the bench, but most teams don't have that luxury. So let's just play like everybody else and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm sure Georgia ain't expecting it either. And they very well may not be. Yeah. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Spectre. We appreciate you calling in. That's what I would do. I would have Dylan Cardwell as my five. I'd have Jani Broom as my four. I would put Chaney Johnson at my three. I would have Denver Jones at the two. And I'd have Trey Donaldson at the one. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a solid lineup. I'll tell you, whatever lineup they bring, though, they better be ready to play because Georgia – despite their record, is a much better basketball team than they have been in the last couple of years. I've watched a lot of Georgia basketball this season, and uh, if they get hot, especially at home, Jacob, they can shoot your eyes out. Mm -hmm. And so Auburn better be ready to roll and have its best foot forward. Talking about uh, the top 25 earlier, just pivot real quick. I've got a couple of upset alerts for you in the top 25 Uh continuing this trend of ranked teams going on the road and laying eggs. And the first one's over then the uh, Big East. This will be on Sunday at 11 o'clock. Number 15, Creighton at St. John's. At St. John's. Coming off the comments from Rick Pitino after he blasted his team. He then walked them back, but he did blast his team pretty hard. St. John's 15 and 12 on the year. That's a team that, you know, with a Rick Pitino – basketball mastermind if they got hot and somehow got into the tournament i don't really think you'd want any piece of them Mm, in that first round i don't think so either and i see another game you may have your eye on on that sunday afternoon don't do it don't pick it which one is that that's a bad michigan team hosting the number three team in the country the purdue boilermakers you're talking about a uh, you're talking about a 
bad, bad beat right there. You're talking about a bad performance for that Michigan team. Yeah. They're bad. Although I do think that Purdue has gotten way, way too much love this year. Out of all the top teams this entire season, they have not been my top team, which includes UConn and Houston. Those, to me, are the most dangerous teams right now in the top five. Somehow Tennessee in the AP top five, I just don't get it. Arizona at number four got beat. That Iowa State team's playing good ball at six. They might should be up in there. The other one I was looking at is a newly arrived AP top 25-er, number 23, Texas Tech, Mm. which has been getting teams out in Lubbock on their home court out in West Texas and beating their brains in, traveling down to Orlando, going halfway across the country into the deep south, and they're going to be taking on the Central Florida Knights. The fighting Gus Malzahn's of the hardwood, huh? That's yeah, a, that UCF team's just not good though. Yep, yep. I like them at home this okay. weekend. Just want to okay. keep an eye on. They'll play tomorrow okay. at three o'clock. Haven't got the lines out yet. Scoresandodds.com have not dropped. Hopefully, will in the second hour. I mean, you've got look at all the ranked teams on the road against an unranked teams again. You've got San Diego State number nineteen on the road at Fresno State. Twenty-two Colorado State on the road at UNLV. Washington State number twenty-one at Arizona State. I mean, you've got the Texas Tech like you mentioned on the road at UCF. North Carolina. Carolina on the road at Virginia, South Carolina on the road at Ole Miss, BYU on the road at Kansas State, Duke on the road at Wake Forest. Talk to me, man. There's Auburn on the road at Georgia. Yeah. Out of that many, yeah. I bet half of them lose. I think I think that's right, and I hope that the Tigers can avoid that trend. They're going to really have to buck it up this weekend to uh, get over the hump in Athens, I'm afraid. We'll talk a whole lot more about college basketball coming up in hour number two. We'll have phone calls to get to as well. You can be a part of it, 334-321-1390. Hour number two coming up. on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Yes, it is finally Friday. It is a February 23rd, 2024. Hope you're all doing well. Appreciate you being with us here on ESPN 106.7. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goeth. He is Uncle T-Bone. We're into hour number two on this sunny afternoon. If you missed any of the first hour, you can go and catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com. Immediately after the show, we'll post it on our station website, or wherever you get your podcast. Talk college basketball in hour number one. Started to get into uh, the Auburn and Georgia discussion. Got a lot more to get to with that. 
here in this second hour. So uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that conversation, and you can do so by calling 334-321-1390. And we begin our number two by getting to the phone lines with John. You're on the line with Jacob and Uncle T-Bone. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Uncle T-Bone. Hey, a little off basketball for a second, if I may, on Free For All Friday. Yeah, of course. Hey, I was going to say, you know, I have a I have a bone to pick with just the SEC for a second, and it's something I, you don't hear talked about much, and I think I found two kindred spirits, so let me lay it on y'all. Go for it. For the life of me, I do not understand why, I mean, I, I, I understand financially, but when are we going to get to a point where we have SEC officiating crews in sports other than uh, football, in men's and women's basketball, in baseball, in softball? There were two, I don't know if y'all saw it this week, if I may share, did you guys see what happened in an Ole Miss-Hawaii baseball game over the weekend? I, I know exactly where you're going with this. Okay, so... Bottom 12 in Honolulu in a tight game. About 3 o'clock in the morning. About 3 in the morning. Hawaii has a runner at first. Nobody out. Fly ball to right, which the right fielder makes a good running catch. Throws back. Runner did not tag. They tag him out. Then tag him when he's on second. Then they throw the first. The first base umpire ran down the right field line, called safe because he didn't think the ball was caught. After review, yep. batters out because he hit a fly ball, and the runner gets placed back at first base. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing? I know, I know. It, it it's it has gotten John. It's gotten so bad, and it's not just in college. You know this. It, it's in every level at every sport, all the way from t-ball all the way up to the NFL. I mean, it has just gotten at an all-time low when it comes to officiating, refereeing, umpiring, whatever you want to call it. It's at an all-time low. It really is. Just one more real quick softball game between Cal and Louisiana Lafayette, two schools that take that sport very seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, bottom bottom of the last inning, a one nothing game, rainstorm, and the Cal pitcher could not grip the ball. Refs wouldn't call it. Umps wouldn't call it for a rain delay. And wild pitch, wild pitch, because the girl couldn't get a grip, uh, Lafayette tied the game up. Yep. And about the entire Cal staff got thrown out of the game. I mean – at what point? At what point are these sports going to be revenue generating just with what you're making off TV? I mean, I think we're we're getting to that point where, uh, I mean, th- that's what it's all about, and and it's just uh, eventually there's going to have to be a breaking point where the quality of the of the event has gotten to an all time low because of officiating and lack thereof, where people quit tuning in, and then when it starts hitting their pockets, John, that's when they'll make a change. Absolutely, and when and when the players, you know, opt out for for professional leagues because it's it's a fair form of play. So yep. we'll see. John, yeah, I got a question for you, real quick. Yeah, go go ahead. Got, so, I mean, you're a highly intelligent man. What happens when minimum wage, say, were to go to twenty five dollars an hour? What would happen to the employees at McDonald's? I mean, understood. They'd be yeah, replaced I mean, by machines. So that's probably where a lot of this is going, unfortunately. In my opinion, if the refereeing in whatever sport cannot get better, as technology does get better, they'll probably start perhaps, you know, replacing some of these umps with machines. 
And look, Uncle T-Bone, we've got too much invested as Power 5 programs in these Olympic sports. I mean, gone are the days when you have, I mean, you know, and I know her personally, but gone are the days where you have Tina Deese coaching softball for 20 years. Hmm. You know, you have a few bad years, you've got to make a change. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of money riding on it. There's no doubt about it, John. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, y'all. Thanks so much for the call. We appreciate you holding on through the break and, and joining us to start hour number two. And, you know, this is a conversation that could be had at, at any time. And it's really funny because I was having a conversation about this very topic last night, uh, shooting around shooting around some basketball. And it's funny because it's just an ongoing issue. It's an ongoing problem, and here's what I'm going to say. I was getting to it with John, but I knew he, he had to wrap up and get out of here. It's at an all-time low, officiating, refereeing. It is. It's at an all-time low. It's as bad as it's ever been. But there's reasons for that. It's as bad as it's ever been because, let's be real here, who wants to be a referee right now? Who wants to go through that? Because until you make it to the top, just like about any other business, you are starving to death before you get there. You're not making any money, you're working crazy hours, and you're dealing with some of the craziest people in the world. Look, Sports that's a great fans. Point. I know a couple of high school officials, and they say that exact same thing, and I ask them why you continue to do it, and it's for the love of the game. Yeah. They really love the game. But eventually, that's going to run out. That's going to go away if they keep getting... And look, to go to bat for them for a second, they get treated pretty terribly by everybody because they're not perfect. Now, there's ways to fix that, and we can get to that at a different time, but they I mean, it's got to be a miserable job. I know people that do it, and yeah, they do it because they love it, which is crazy. Technology might be the complete downfall of everything, in my opinion. Fans are more vicious today than they ever have been and it's because the technology is better right the the productions i mean who would have listen to what we're talking about here and john was talking about he's talking about louisiana lafayette and cal and women's softball and he was watching it i mean 25 years ago this wouldn't even been they, they may not even lafayette may not even had a softball program and now it's on TV, it's on ESPN. And the angles and the cameras, there's more angles, there's better cameras, there's more replay. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bad call that normally nobody would have ever even known about, and it goes viral. It goes to that phone you're pointing to. And then it goes to Twitter. And then everybody's talking about it. There's got to be a happy medium here of technology helping refereeing and umpiring or whatever officiating but they're still being a human factor but but i'll say this that guy who's on doug's show on the uh on the midday show here on espn 106.7 the max roundtable during football season and played at alabama I believe oh yes preston yes, yes. gothard the tight end so i didn't know much about him and i heard him on that show because he was just a little before my time and there was some game that's famous where they played at Penn State, Alabama did, and it just breaks my heart, obviously. But he called a pass. It was clearly inbounds in the end zone. I mean, you, you, you can't even debate it. Mm-hmm. And they called it incomplete. You can't go back to that. You can't go back to where there's no replay. Yeah. But sometimes I do wonder as an old school fan, was it 
overall more healthy and better for sports. Well, and and we'll get into this for a little bit. It is, like John mentioned, a, a free-for-all Friday. Here's my thing, though. Why have, why have we, as a society, as sports people, fans, coaches, players, administrators, media, every single person that deals with sports on a daily basis like we do, why have we let the fact that human error is just a part of the game? It's been that way because for a long time, that was the only option. There wasn't a computer that could tell you whether it was the right or wrong call. There wasn't a video that, like you were talking about that you could go back and refer to. But now there is. That option, those options exist. And not only do they exist, they're a heck of a lot smarter than the average Joe, the human brain, and the human eye. They're much smarter, much better, much more intelligent, and a heck of a lot more accurate than what we have that God gave us. And my question is, and people don't like to talk about this because it's been how it's been. Oh, it's always been that way. We've always had human refs and human officials and humans calling balls and strikes. But why? Why do we have to continue to go that way when we have the technology that will literally tell you what the right call is? Based off the rule, based off of what I just saw, this is the right call. But yet we're leaving it up to somebody like you or me to look at it in a split second and make a judgment call. Why have we accepted that in 2024? We did for a long time because we didn't have a choice. But as we move forward, I think we need to adjust that line of thinking, in my opinion. Well, I think that technology can definitely aid it. I mean, you can't just completely 100% take out the human factor. Somebody's got to run those machines, and somebody's got to oversee them. Do they? Yeah, I, I still think so. I don't think that we're quite there. We can just turn it over to uh, the, the Terminator machines to, uh, to run the NCAA officiating in, in a sport like football especially. The, the, the technology's just not quite there physically for that to keep up. Somebody's got to look over the replay. Somebody's got to make the final decision. But I do think it could get better. It's, it's pretty expensive now. Like artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you paid attention to uh, that stock NVIDIA mm-hmm. over the last year, but it's up like 800%. That, those boxes that they sell that are, I guess, smarter than the humans that make them, but I know they're a lot quicker and they can digest all types of data really quickly and spit out a decision probably a lot quicker than when they go to the replay booth and call Birmingham oh. in an SEC football game. And you might as well just go and mix yourself another drink because it's going to take a hot <laughs> minute for them to get back, right? You better believe that. You better believe that. But the average price of one of those machines used is $500,000, million. I mean, the, the technology is so expensive still, they can't just quite roll that out at a Louisiana Lafayette, California women's softball game. I'm with you on that. I am. I'm but with you on that. But for the bigger games, they got to come up with a system. Why not do it in the NFL, which could afford it? Absolutely. And let's see if we can, you know, over time break down that technology barrier of expense and make it more equitable and more accessible to uh, to smaller scale sports like women's basketball across the board, right? But that's where it is with that. I mean, it's still up, like you said, everything's about the dollar, and that's about the dollar too. It's a lot cheaper to hire a, in a high school for the Auburn Central game. The local guys and the referees, you know, they're probably only getting paid 
I don't know, 50, 50, bucks, 50 a game. bucks a game, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And and God bless those guys for doing that job, as opposed to having eight NVIDIA machines out there that cost $5 million. Well, to loop this back to John's original point before we get to break, and then we'll get to a phone call, to get back to his original point, he was talking about, well, when are we going to have – basically he was talking about high-level officials calling everything because we're having – we're having sporting events the outcome is being impacted not indirectly directly impacted by officials referees umpires making the wrong judgment call and here's the problem with that that brings up the whole accountability thing where referees have zero accountability it's because they they can't afford to have accountability the NCAA can't afford to look at one of their officiating crews on a college football Saturday, the SEC, whoever, right? The SEC can't afford to go to crew A that called the Florida-Texas A&M game and missed a call and say, hey, that was the wrong call. You can't be doing that. That's unacceptable. You're out. You're suspended for the next weekend. You know why they can't afford that? Because there's nobody behind them to do it. There's nobody behind them that wants to be an official anymore. The refereeing pool of people is so dwindled and it's so scarce that that's why there's no accountability because they can't afford to lose that crew. They can't afford to lose those people on a given Saturday where, yeah, if what happens if an officiating crew right. does walk into Kyle Field on a Saturday afternoon? You're in big-time trouble. Yeah, there's not going to be a game. I mean, it's just basic economics, supply and demand. There's more sports. All right, first of all, in football, in college football, there's more games. There's more teams playing games. There's more sports. There's across the board. So the demand is there for high – what you're saying, the demand is there, basic economics, for, for high-level officiating. The supply is dwindled. And so you just got to roll with what you got. Literally. And some of these folks are re- probably getting trained on the fly. You know, I love football to death. But if I had to go officiate a game right now, I'd probably be throwing flags on every other play. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Can we play that again? I didn't see. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, so you know, the it's a it's a tough job. Oh, it, it's a it's and, absolutely and, and a and tough I respect, job. And I'm kind of going to take up for the referees and officiating here. I still believe that across the board, although maybe it's not as good as it used to be, because there's just so much more action and these people are worked even harder than they used to be. I still think they do a way better job most of the time than do a poor one. Mm. I really do. I think Consi- considering yeah. the considering how big and strong and fast, but they missed one the other night in Tuscaloosa with the guy dropped the atomic soup bone. Well, the I mean, S- there's a perfect example. Yeah, well, the SEC came back and took care of that. We got to get to break. One word answer from you right now with this whole conversation: automated balls and strikes. Yes or no? Yes. I like it. Yes. 334-321-1390. Getting to the phone lines when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. This is Kevin Tuthope, owner of the new UPS store at Auburn Bank. Everyone knows shipping when they think about UPS, but did you know we are Lee County's printing headquarters? We do yard signs, banners, and blueprints. Having a birthday, we can do your invitations or some birthday banner signs. You know what's also coming up? Graduation. Let us do your graduation invitations and yard signs for your favorite graduate. High school or college, we've got you covered. The UPS store at Auburn Bank, 100 North Gay Street in Auburn. Your one-stop shop for all your printing needs. The Orthopedic Clinic asks you to nominate them for Best of Auburn Opelika. 
Nominations are open February 6th through February 24th at bestofauburnopelica.com. Don't miss the King Singers as they light up the stage at the Opelika Center for the Performing Arts, Saturday 24th at 7.30 p.m. Their unique acapella mix of classical choral settings with pop and jazz favorites from Disney, the Beatles, and Gershwin will illuminate a musical evening the entire family can enjoy. For ticket information, call 334-749-8105 or visit eastalabamaarts.org. Calling all cool cats and daddios. Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air is searching for the oldest AC and water heater. If your systems have been rocking around the clock for more years than you'd like to admit, submit your retro systems for a chance to win a new one. Enter your old greasers and check out our exclusive deals at calldixie.com. The deadline to enter is leap day. We can dig it. Can you? Four Seasons Federal Credit Union Homegrown and ever We love our members, our members love us. Oh yes, ever since I got off active duty, they have helped me. I would recommend to anyone, if you really want to get your finances in order, come and see for yourself. I promise you, they will help you get on the path to financial freedom. Four Seasons Federal Credit Union with two local branches. Membership eligibility required. Accounts federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. This is Zach Alsterbrook with Alsterbrook Law Group. Specializing in family law, criminal defense, DUI, and personal injury, Alsterbrook Law Group can help you. 114 North Knight Street in downtown Opelika, serving Lee County and the surrounding areas for over 10 years. Remember, if you want someone that has your back, call Zach. 737-3718. Big city experience, small town values. Alsterbrook Law Group. No representation has made that the quality of services to be performed is the greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines. We got a couple of phone calls to get to. We'll try to get them in both this segment, but if not, we will roll it into the next segment. 334-321-1390. And we begin with Michael and Auburn. You're on the line, man. What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, just the thing with video review uh, and technology, I think the phrase that, 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 that rubs me, just I, I, I don't agree with it, is the indisputable video evidence. Oh, because, yes. You know, the, the, that verbiage and, and – they can say that all they want, and we're looking at it as like, well, we can't tell. And, you know, typically if it's the ruling on the field, they should stick to that. And you're like, well, you can't tell, and then it'll flip. And you're just like, there's no way. What are they looking at or what angle yeah. are they seeing? Yeah. yeah the- and then for technology that I would say that the, it's some technology that has actually kind of ruined a game, at least for me, is golf. Uh, the, the the broadcasting that they have, and you'll have somebody call in, well, this guy did this role and broke this on hole 15 on his third string, you know, third swing, right. and and then they come and penalize him and, and take something away. And, and I'm like, well, that part of the technology probably, you know, uh, we may not need, you know, because back in the day, you know, Augusta, it wasn't, you know, televised but maybe eight man corner was the only thing that you were going to be able to see so i'll tell you one thing that grinds my gears about golf michael and i think this is a discussion that is going to play into how technology moving forward 
will help officiating or at least change it is some of the rules, I guess, in a sport probably need to change to the officiating. But in golf, how how dumb is it when there's a scorecard issue and you get DQ'd? I mean, do we not have the technology to keep up with the score as the players come off and just be like, that's what you shot? The only argument that I've heard on that is on the the high school and college level. I mean, they're required to kind of keep it on I get that. Uh, Yeah. But uh, I I agree with you, and I heard that argument too. And and the thing that gets me just, like with college football or even, even pros, we have the ability, we have you know, video review, but only certain things are reviewable. Yeah. That part of it too is like, that's, why not? Like, get yeah, that's it right. That's what I mean by the changing of rules. The, do you make everything reviewable then? One rule that is just, they've got to dial in better is targeting. Because I've been at parties watching football games and the ref throws a flag for targeting. They go to review and half the people watching the game are like, that's not targeting. And the other half are, that's targeting. I've watched plays in college specifically where I've like, no doubt that's targeting, that's vicious, and they come back and say no targeting. Like in the Georgia-Ohio State game a few years ago in the playoffs with Marvin uh, Harrison Jr., the wide receiver, he got knocked out targeting, no doubt, and they didn't call targeting. In my book, it was targeting. And then sometimes you'll see one like, whatever, why are they even calling that? That's weak. And they throw the guy out of the game. Yeah, it, I agree. I mean, I, I'm just curious to see how things go, but that was just my comments on it, guys. The uh, game tonight uh, for Auburn baseball, do you, do you know, is that just on the radio? So, um, radio wise, you know, they're having some. I'm glad you brought that up because we've been meaning to, we've been meaning to say that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it is a weather, they're in some weather delay right now. And so the first game actually got pushed back. And so as of right now for Auburn baseball, it, they are aiming for a six o'clock start uh, for uh, for the baseball game. There's not a confirmed start time on that, but here locally you can get that on wings. And then uh, TV wise, um, I think it's televised tonight. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'd have to double check, but they are. Um, it's kind of in a delay down there in Jacksonville. Okay, all right. I appreciate it, guys. Yep. Yeah, TV wise, I, I, the only thing that I saw streaming wise or anything was like. Uh, D1 baseball or something it was a subscription, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I don't think it's on so. TV anywhere. I think it is just on that D1 baseball. All right. Thanks, guys. I yep. appreciate it. Appreciate the call, Michael. 334-321-1390. We appreciate him. And um, yeah, you know, all of that to kind of wrap that up a little bit. And, you know, you brought up the whole scorecard thing with golf. Jordan Spieth got knocked out of that tournament because he wrote the score wrong. Like, come on. Like, he wasn't especially like a guy like Jordan Spieth. He wasn't trying to cheat and gain a stroke. And he, like You said, do we have the technology to keep up with it? Yeah, the TV broadcast does it. They literally keep up with it as we go. So like, And I get what Michael was saying. Like, yeah, high school, college, you got to keep up with it. But, man, if you're good enough to be prestigious enough to be on the PGA Tour, I think we can, I think we can do away with the scratch pencil and paper. They got the, the guy or gal following the – the twosome yeah, the on reporter. tour with yeah. not just the reporter, but like holding the sign up with the score oh, and where yeah. they are at stuff at most tournaments. And I'm like, you know, if 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 the guy in the booth can keep up that you were six under today, 
why do you have to go in there after a long and grueling round and sit there and, and figure this out old school wise too? Right. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm. I'm I with mean, you I, I don't understand it whatsoever. Now I get it in a high school golf match. I mean, you know, they don't have technology for that. You tell me, CBS isn't walking around covering covering Auburn high school golf. Come the, on, man. You know, the person who got the shaft in that whole Jordan Spieth deal was his caddy because he missed out on his pay. Yep. This guy's been humping a bag for two or three days or whatever, whenever it occurred, and he's going to the pay window, and your man gets DQ'd. Get out. You'll get nothing and like it. Mm. Thanks, pal. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's just, and, and like Michael was saying too, you know, you have the un, indisputable video evidence, like, whatever, man, whatever. Sometimes, if you don't know, you don't know. And then they go over there and they look at it for five minutes and they still get the call wrong. That blows my mind. Taking an early break because Mark's on the phone. I want him to have plenty of time to talk. When we come back, we'll get to Mark. He'll be first up. Then we're talking Auburn, Georgia basketball. A little bit of an early break, but we're here in hour number two. The Friday edition of On the Line continues after this. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I can't believe I had to remember. I had to think about what day it was. It's Friday, man. Can't be mad on a Friday. Took a little bit of an early break. We're back, though, here in the last 30 minutes of the show. And this guy's been hanging on a long time. Let's get him in here. Mark, you're on the line, man. How are you? Come on, Jacob. I just reminded you it was Friday when I called. <laughs> hey, it's been a long week, brother. It's been a long week. Hey, uh, I wanna, uh, I'm gonna disagree with two things. The first one is on the golf. You know, I worked in the past. I worked several uh, professional golf tournaments, like on the senior tour, okay. and the women's tour. And there is an official scorer that walks around with a, and this is what I did with a uh, PDA keeping the score for each player mm-hmm. now the, the player also keeps his you know keeps the other score and you know golf is a score of integrity i mean a game of integrity supposedly mm-hmm. and nobody says that uh you know that i know of is mentioning jordan speed as a cheater or anything like that but you know at the same time these guys make four million dollars for winning a golf tournament and the last place guy in the last tournament made $35,000. So I'm not going to have any sympathy for somebody that's not, uh, you know, the rules are the rules. Follow them. Yeah. You know, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You live with it. Yeah. And as far as his caddy, he ain't hurting for money either, you know. It's right. The same caddy. I mean, those guys make about what? Like, I think it's anywhere between 10 and 15%. Is that right? Yeah, and you know, and I yeah. get that. I mean, look, the rules are rules, and I'm with you on that. I just, I don't, and I get it's a game of integrity and a gentleman's game and stuff like that. But like, why? You know what I mean? Like, why? Why is it his responsibility to do that if we're already keeping up with it in 50 other places? 
Yeah, well, there's only the official score is the walking score. He's the person that's keeping the score. Mm-hmm. You know, not the, what the, I don't know if television uses maybe a database that pulls the information from where he's, you know, it's linked up. But that score, the one walking with the group, and that's the one that is official. Right. And I remember doing the uh, uh, senior tour tournament in Birmingham the year Michael Allen won. Okay. And he was walking on a par five, and I was in his group, and he asked me, where was the next restroom? And I told him I thought it was like two holes up. Well, there was no crowd on one side. It was a par five, and you, the crowd was all on one side. Oh, no. He had to, he used nature's uh, restroom. <laughs> was that the old Bruno's? Yes. Yeah, well, it was uh, Regions. It was the Regions, yeah. It, it's the same tournament, but yeah. Yeah, Greystone. And then the other, the other thing I disagree with you is, come on, where would Bobby Cox, Billy Martin, and all the others be without balls and strikes being called by a human that can't see? <laughs> I mean, where would we be? Bobby Cox got ejected 14,000 times, you know, so, and Billy Martin, he loved umpires. Yeah. We would have yeah. we, we missed out on all of that. And that, you know, Bobby and that's Cox. fine back in the day. It is. All right, Mark, we appreciate it, man. Have a great Thanks, you too. Have a great weekend as well, Mark. We appreciate you calling in, brother. Always great to hear from you. And and that's the thing is I'm cool with it in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, but, man, this is 2024. And we've had, on TV, we have had the automated strike zone on television. You can see the strike zone square. You can see it. And TV tells you when it's a ball and when it's a strike. So yet again, why are we having a human who's trying to decide what this 100-mile-an-hour pitch looks like standing behind two players? Don't get me started on the emotional atmosphere impact on it. I don't know. That's a conversation for a different day, but that's a good point, Mark, and I'm glad you bring that up. And the golf thing, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get what he's saying, but again... Why, if you got the official scorer and that's their job exactly. to do that, I just I don't get why it's like, all right, that's that's like telling a football team, all right, Hugh Freeze, keep up with your team score, and if you don't, if you get that number wrong, and I know it's easier in golf, but how, or in football, but how about in basketball? All right, Bruce, better keep up, keep a tally on the whiteboard over there, and if it's wrong or the fouls on your and team, you got to sign for it after the game. Yeah, and, or, if, and if if you've got eighty one and it, and the official score has it eighty two. Or you signed the wrong scorecard. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. Oh, you his get foot, an L. Actually, his foot was on the line. That was a two, not a three. You're wrong. Eh, DQ. You lose. Well, they've already started doing some of that in basketball. I've noticed uh, a lot more than they used to. It's like someone shoots a three up, and instead of stopping and reviewing it right then, they'll – well, at the, at, the, uh, at the next time out, they'll review this mm-hmm. and look at it, and you could be up. Could you imagine, like, being up in a national championship game? Like in eighty four to eighty three or something, and and they decide to look at something like from eight minutes before because they hadn't had time to look at it yet, and all of a sudden they go back and tell you you're tied up. Mm. What game was it? I was watching the other night. Was it the Alabama Florida game? Maybe not. I can't remember. There was a game I was watching the other night where they completely missed the whole first media timeout. That under sixteen timeout. There was no stoppage in play. They blew right through it. 
So they waited until the under 12 timeout. There was a a, a, a foul or something at like to 11 the, like 11:53. No, there was no review or anything. I'm just saying they just, you know, they take a timeout every 4 minutes on TV for the media timeout. Right. They completely played through it because there was no stoppage in play. They played the first 8 minutes of the game without a stop. It was crazy. It was wild. Um but Barkway, appreciate you calling in. Michael, appreciate you calling in as well. Looks like we're going to get to another phone call in just a second. A couple of things we need to get to, T-Bone. Let's hit baseball really quickly. The boys are down in Jacksonville. They've got Iowa, Wichita State, and Virginia this weekend. And as I mentioned earlier, today's game, not on TV, going to be delayed on the radio over on Wings 94.3, but two top 25 matchups they'll have this weekend for Auburn baseball. Yeah, Ike Irish. Keep pounding the ball, man. Interested to see what Auburn's pitching staff does against a little bit better uh, quality of opponents than they had last weekend at Eastern uh, Kentucky, the Colonels. Iowa, uh, I've never really seen uh, Iowa Hawkeye baseball, a whole lot of it, but everybody knows Wichita State if you follow college baseball, and everyone especially knows Virginia. So um, important, I think, to uh, get out to a, a hot start tonight, although there might be a slight rain delay. And uh, I, I'm really – really digging Gonzalez pitching on Saturdays you know that that's a huge advantage for Auburn so this pitching staff uh want to see how they look against better opponents and want to see if the bats can continue to be hot led by my man Ike Irish whoa okay you got breaking news going right now Uh uh-oh and I just this was 30 minutes ago so apologies for missing this uh Stephen text Stephen in Texas tweeted at me Breaking news from On3 Sports. We're going to get to the phones in just a second. Tennessee and Virginia have won their preliminary injunction against the NCAA. Booster-funded NIL collectives now can communicate with high school recruits and transfer portal players in those two states. Goodbye. Here Uh, we go. I'm not going to say goodbye, NCAA, but I am going to say goodbye. Uh, Change is going to come really quickly as this continues. Oh, uh, my goodness. in, In college football especially. And, and, you know, I know you're tired of hearing me say this, but there's a new league coming. That's just all there is to it. And it's going to be about 48 of the biggest schools. Wow. And uh, tennis, this is just another step Gosh. in march towards that. So, this is horrible, man. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I mean, times have changed. And, uh, look, man, you know, part of me, I don't know. You know, these I've said for years that these kids should be getting paid more than – just their uh, scholarship, but, you know, it's open season now. Uh, There's no telling what Alabama paid Ryan Williams to come to Alabama, for example. And uh, you know what? If they feel like he's worth the money, then good for him for getting it. Mm. 334-321-1390. We've got Duke on the line. Hey, man, what's on your mind? Not much. I was just calling in, y'all talking about the technology. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I've had the honor of coaching Auburn golf. And man, besides, you're one of the best players at Auburn High School in a long time. I didn't. I started coaching year after he graduated. Okay. But I know I can remember sometimes. Uh, you know, talking about scorecard, mm-hmm. we was at Hardaway where you just played four players. And most tournaments, you know, you play five and count four low. But yeah. this way, you know, you had to count everybody. And right. I had one, and on the final day, we'd have finished, by, I think we'd have finished fourth. And they put up the scores and they had like 77 for one of my players. And he said, Coach, that's got 78. 
So, you know, I reported it to the uh, director, Coach Gaither, and went in there and checked, and he had signed for incorrect scorecard. Oh. So, you know, had to get, you know, wound up dead last. I think they gave him a 999. was trying to be honorable and say hey i actually shot one more worse than i did but but the rule was the rule so they dq'd him unbelievable right and i always you know i always told my kids you know keep your score at the bottom and before you sign that court scorecard take it put it right there at the bottom and compare every number and make sure they're correct before you sign it yeah but uh another thing i called y'all about i don't know if y'all no, you know, getting to the final four in Alabama high school basketball and mm-hmm. everything is in the semifinal. I saw it on AL.com. Viger girls were playing U4, and the game went into overtime, but in the fourth quarter, some, I don't know how, but some way they missed a foul shot I mean, well, Viger made a foul shot, but they didn't get credit for the. So, really, you know, they probably would have won the ball game uh, with that extra point or whatever. But, you know, they said, you know, once the game was over, it was final, couldn't do nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Think about like technology; it could be bad. Yeah, it it and, and look, technology is not perfect, right? It, it's definitely not perfect, and they're still working on that and getting it to where it could be one day. But I did see what you're talking about, uh, and that was that was this past week, yeah, up there in the uh, in the tournament for for girls basketball, and man, they were some fired up people, and rightfully so, man. Right, right. I mean, what what I what I don't like, and I know T Bone said it. You know, these people that see it on TV and are calling it in, saying this is a violation. No, I don't like, like that. that. I don't. I don't. I don't like that at all. I know? feel like Duke. There's Leave just a the, yeah. I feel like there's just a group of people out there, Duke, that are only watching pro golf tournaments to be that guy. Right. They're just like I'm waiting for the moment that I catch somebody to do something wrong, and I'm gonna call it in. Right. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I know you, you're one of the most honest golfers and players. I mean, you know, golf is a game, gentleman's game, where you're your own referee. But, you know, there's so many rules, it's hard to keep up with everything and make yeah. change them. And sometimes, to me, it should just be the player. The group he's playing with, and if you have rules official, they them. Yeah, be it. Yeah, I'm with you. Take his phone calls from these people. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Duke. It's great to hear from you, man. Thanks so much for calling. Okay, in. Yeah. okay. Jacob, it's not every day that you get a Hall of Fame high school golf coach calling the show. That is awesome, Duke. Thank you so much. A little time left. You can get in at three three four three two one thirteen ninety here at On the Line. I think there's a misunderstanding also. A, an old school golfer told me a long, long time ago, Jacob, about the rules of golf. They're not there to penalize you. They're there to protect you. And it's very important to know the rules of golf when you're playing because there's oftentimes – most people will assume that something should be something, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, an example of this was in a golf tournament one time I was playing in, 
at Old Indian Pines Golf Course, the Indian Pines Invitational. We'd gone off later in the afternoon, and one of those massive summer deluge rainstorms came through, and the whole course was practically casual water. And I was on old number two green up at the top of the green, and the pin was at the bottom. It's a dangerous putt. Yep. But there was water everywhere. And the only place there wasn't casual water was closer to the hole. And I was standing over my putt, and a, a guy I was playing with who told me this saying was like, you get to move your ball closer to the hole in this situation because that's the only place that there's not casual water. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And it was an advantage to me. The rules were there to protect me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oftentimes, and I'm with Duke, what I would always tell people when I was playing golf and there was a question about it, okay, about a drop or, or you know, whether you got to take a shot or not. Can you look yourself in the mirror after you make this decision tonight and honestly say, I didn't cheat? And most golfers at that time will take it on the chin. Yeah. Because you're questioning – their honor mm-hmm. and it is an honorable game so but the technology has sometimes made it worse and like the rules of golf and like that old school golfer told me technology should be there to protect the player in the integrity of the game not make it an attack dog for folks who just want to tear people down. I like that. I like that a lot. So uh, that was a great conversation. That's been an ongoing one here in hour number two, and we do appreciate you guys joining in on that. I, I'm still I'm still all over this NCAA getting blasted once again in the court. I mean, not only did they lose, I mean, they, they got just destroyed. The NCAA lost to the United States Supreme Court 9-0. I mean, they just a clean sweep, man. Got wrecked once again. I mean, they're done. NCAA's done. I mean, they're they're a joke of an... Two days in a row. How about that? They're a joke of an organization. They do not represent the student-athletes, the colleges underneath them. They're a poor governing body that has no power and cannot enforce its own rules. And I want you to look back in history at any government over the history of the world. A government that has rules that cannot be enforced, that can't govern the ones underneath them, what happens? They crumble and they die every single time. Well, we're starting to see that in this country. I mean, Jacob, we can't even enforce our own borders. Over time, it's going to erode the integrity of this country. That's a different conversation for a different day. But I'm with you on that. Somebody figured out years and years ago, and I'm not quite sure who it is, but whoever it was can take credit right now for what I'm about to say. they can't, The NCAA came after them, and instead of uh, taking the, well, we'll work with you approach, you know, we're a part of this member organization, they're like, not today, NCAA. We'll see you in court, and we're going to make you open up your books. Yeah, I mean, Because shoot. that's what they don't want anything to happen. This is why they run up there to Washington and beg people in the swamp you know, to protect them. And we need the government to step in and we need, you know, let's get, let's get Hunter Biden to step in and fix the issues with the NCAA. I always thought that was a joke when they were doing that. They just want to keep people away from them really and truly opening up their own books as a so-called nonprofit, because then people are going to be like, Oh man, Y'all should have been paying these kids up for a long time because there's people in the NCAA that have gotten filthy 
rich working for the NCAA and being part of it, and they want to keep that power and that money to themselves. Breaking news once again, Tennessee and Virginia, according to On3, have won their preliminary injunction against the NCAA. Booster-funded NIL collectives now can communicate with high school recruits and transfer portal players in those two states. That's a monumental win for Tennessee and Virginia and a historic loss for the NCAA. We got to get to our final break. We got to wrap it up. Talk Auburn, Georgia this weekend on the basketball floor. We'll do that when we come back here on the Free For All Friday edition of On The Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Friday edition of On the Line. It's been a great show. It has been, we were just talking about this, it's been the true definition of a, of a free-for-all Friday around here, huh? I mean, yeah, It's always interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, it is always interesting. Always a good time, though. We oh, appreciate yeah. you all being with us, whether it's been all show long, just now tuning in, in and out all show, whatever the case may be, we appreciate you. And if you missed any of the show today, you can find it on our station website at ESPNAU.com. Quickly, before we give our final picks and predictions for Auburn basketball tomorrow, You've got Auburn baseball this weekend. Uh, first game of the Jacks Classic is tonight. First pitch around 6 o'clock, okay? So they're not 100%. Weather pushed the games back. So uh, Auburn baseball taking on Iowa tonight around 6 o'clock. Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com. Games not on television. So tune in on Wings. Listen to Brad Law on the call. He'll have the game today, tomorrow, and on Sunday all on Wings 94.3. So be sure that you tune in for that. You also have game or you have after the game tomorrow on Wings 94-3 for Auburn basketball following the Auburn and Georgia game, which will be on Wings 94-3 as well. Jack Hudden and uh, Kyle Rush will be on after the game following the Auburn and Georgia basketball game. So be sure you tune in to that as well. Final picks and predictions, Uncle Tebow. And got a few minutes in here. Auburn on the road in Athens tomorrow. Yep, this line finally dropped over at scoresandodds.com. The official Nevada rotation, Auburn number 733 versus 734. Georgia Tigers on the road giving the dogs seven and a half over under of 149.5. I tell you, if I'm going to play Georgia here, and these are my thoughts on this line. If Auburn doesn't cover this line, they're not winning the game. Okay. I'm going to tell you, okay. if it's a close game at home, I'm taking the dogs. Mm. And if I'm taking the dogs, I'm taking the money line. Okay. I kind of like Georgia here, unfortunately, in this game this weekend. I don't really know what to expect from Auburn any longer. They're a ranked team going on the road. You said there's several of those this week. To an unranked team. To an unranked team in their home arena. And the trend has been very ugly. It's been worse than 50-50 for ranked teams against unranked teams on the road this season. It's been the worst it's ever been. Trending and continuing to trend. Georgia's still a winning basketball program, I believe, at 15-11. and 11. Hungry for a win. I know the Tigers got a lot of rest that was well needed this weekend. How in the world, until I see them replace Jalen Williams... I'm taking the dog 77 to 76. Mm, one point game, huh? Okay, well, here's my thought. All right, for again, I'm going to be there. I'm getting up early tomorrow morning driving to Athens. It's our yearly road trip with my dad and some of our, our friends. It's a guy's trip we take every year. Uh, we are currently 0 and 5 
on our guys' trips, on our yearly SEC road games. Uh-oh. So uh, keep that in mind when you are entertaining the, uh, the, the spread and the line and all that good stuff, if you are doing that for entertaining purposes only. I think Auburn coming off the bye week is going to find something. I think they're going to figure something out. It's going to be a grind, and it's not going to be pretty. And I think they're going to have different rotations. I think they're going to have just a different energy. They're going to be refreshed. They're going to be revived. They're going to play a different style and different rotations. And I think Auburn walks in there and handles business. It won't be easy, and it may not be pretty, but I'll take Auburn 79, Georgia 72. I like it. I like it. The money line, if you're interested, is dogs plus 255, Auburn minus 320. That over-under is very interesting to me. I like a lower-scoring game in this. Auburn needs to go ahead and take care of business here, but I got to see it to believe it right now. Ranked team going on the road against a rival Mm. in the 0-5 JG guarantee. Let's not make it 0-6. That's it for the Friday edition of On the Line. We'll be back on Monday to talk all about it 2-4 right here on ESPN 106.7. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.